Hi. Hello. Hey. Hello, everybody, and welcome. And welcome. Welcome. Welcome to another episode of the You Last Ones In podcast. I am Dry Archuleta, joined today by my wife, Liz. Hi. And E. Hello. And today we watched Guillermo del Toro's Pan's Labyrinth. Starring David Bowie. No, no. <laughs> Very different movies. Uh, well, kind of different movies. <laughs> um, both are very fantasy-based. One has 100% less David Bowie. Unfortunate. It's this this one. The one we watched has what, no David we Bowie. We watched the inferior version. <laughs> Have you even seen the other one? No. <laughs> <laughs> you, you'd probably love it. Probably. Nah. No? Oh, well, it says no. Yeah, well, there you go. Um, it is 119 minutes long. Really? Yes. Uh, just one minute under two hours. Yeah. (laughs) I'm aware that's how that works. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Rated R for graphic violence and some language. Came out in 2006. We watched it on physical media, DVD, crisp 480p, um... This is one of those jams that is like, hey, it's a, you can watch it here and here and everywhere, and uh, it's stars. You need a star subscription to watch this movie. <laughs> stars keeps like, just buying the movies that people want to watch, and yeah. it's messed up. And it's annoying because like it's stars, you know. That's the, really the problem. I'm not even sure. I believe they're a real company. I feel like they're just a tax write off that has to just periodically buy a movie to keep afloat. Sounds like Sony to me. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, we watched that today. I have seen this movie before, but it's been quite a long time for me. Uh, E. I knew nothing about this movie. Which shocked me. Uh, and Liz. I've seen it. Just kidding. <laughs> I was going to be so upset <laughs> if Liz didn't say anything to right now. <laughs> I have not seen it. Yes. She has been fighting watching this movie for a very, very long time. It looks scary. It, yeah, it did look scary. It even has a quote on the front saying, the best film of the year, Stephen King. He wrote that for Entertainment Weekly. <laughs> what? That has nothing to do with how scary the movie is. Mm, it's just Stephen like, King's not allowed to like non-scary movies? No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> the man only likes horror. Uh, so, yeah. Before I read the back of the box and we uh, get some opinions about people's uh, thoughts on it, <laughs> I say that. Um, I want to know how people are doing here. Let's start with Liz. How's life? How's your life? Well, that's not how this works. <laughs> <laughs> well, we live pretty much the same life, so I was just gonna ask you, and I was gonna go off of that. Oh, I mean, it's, it's a lot, a lot going on. So many irons on the, so many skillets on the fryer. How do you say that? What's that saying? So many irons on the irons on the fire, right? The pot calling no the idea. kettle black. No, that's a different thing. <laughs> uh, good, but busy. So many things happening. All the things. Yeah, that's me too. Oh, is it good though? <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, it's good. I just came back from another trip. It's the last one of the year and I was very tired, but everything is all good now. You say that, but if your brother called you tomorrow and he's like, hey, I have a ticket to this game. Uh, it's going to be like a two-day trip. You you want to come? It's in Toronto, Canada. You'd go in a minute. You wouldn't even hesitate. You would go. 
Possibly. And you know it could have happened too. <laughs> He's like, I've... yeah, my work just gave everyone tickets to uh, Wisconsin's uh, Blue Jays, uh, the nope. soccer team. <laughs> <laughs> they're only t- they're only double A, so you haven't heard of them. <laughs> it's not my fault. I they're have the a cool brother. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you're gonna have another trip. I feel it in my bones. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's good. E, hello. What's been going on with you? Uh, I was absent from the last Wednesday stream, and that's because I went to my first uh in-person tournament in over three years. There's been none in the city that we live in, um. So I had to drive approximately an hour and a half to go to one. Jesus, (laughs) (laughs) you have to lug your TV too. No, okay, I could (laughs) have. They could have taken it. It's not that big of a tournament, so. There were enough TVs and <laughs> games. Well, good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was fun. I I missed going to tourneys. That's always a really fun experience. Um, definitely recommend it if you haven't been to one and also have an interest in uh playing games that way. <laughs> I was gonna say, what if you don't even like it? <laughs> what if you hate the game? It's illegal. <laughs> <laughs> now, a lot of fun. Uh, met some people who I've only talked to online for three years, uh, approximately. Very cool. So. Yeah, that's a lot of fun. Uh, I'm not gonna do that anytime soon because that drive <laughs> fucking sucks ass. And I was, I really did more driving than playing, <laughs> but it was yeah. it was fun for once in yeah. a while. Three hour drive for like what forty five minutes of playing, <laughs> like two hours. That was pretty good, I would say. Actually, yeah. that was a pretty good experience. Yeah. Um, everything in that city closes at like eight p.m. though. Yeah, it depends on the day. Yeah. So I just had to like eat McDonald's while driving on the highway back. <laughs> Sounds pretty great to me. No, it was hard. Sounds I great. couldn't see my food. I mean, you see your food, you need to taste your food. It was I couldn't tell if I had the McChicken <laughs> or if I had the McDouble. Listen, you know, listen. you gotta want to know what you're expecting before you eat it. Listen, let me tell you, it tastes like <laughs> sugar meat. <laughs> it all, it's all sugar meat. <laughs> well, you know, I would still like to know. Uh, but yeah, just like doing the doing tourney stuff. And maybe I'll do one in, like, February. Who knows? Okay. Cool. Uh, For those interested, Robbie uh, was not able to record this because we're recording on a weird day. Um, He'll be back in the next episode. He probably uh, worked and got his hand stuck in the vending machine. (laughs) Uh, He'll have some stories, I assume, when he comes back. Um, You hope. I hope. Yes, he didn't sound very excited about his experience, so we'll see. I would love if he just has nothing to say. He's like, I don't know, it's been a week. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, as for me, I'm I'm doing great. Uh, so many, so many movies coming out. Go watch Smile if you haven't. It's great. Um, go watch Pinocchio. It's not out yet, but which it, one? It will be out. There's a bunch of Pinocchios out, actually. The, the, the one by the guy who made this movie. Guillermo del Toro. Yeah, we're, we're, that's why we did the Pan Labyrinth. It's because his, his, his new movie, Pinocchio, is coming out. I was actually about to be like, we need to watch Halloween Kills. Uh, and I was going to sell out and be like, yeah, oh, yeah like all kinds of listens, because like, the next one comes out when this would come out. <laughs> and I was like, I don't want to watch that movie, though. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even worth it to you. I didn't like that movie, so... <laughs> Um, but yeah, let me go ahead and read the back of this box and then we'll get into some people's opinions. From acclaimed director Guillermo del Toro comes a dark fantasy thriller about a young girl who enters a mysterious labyrinth 
and finds herself at the center of the ferocious battle between good and evil. Uh, I, that's I it? guess that's it. That's, that's the whole back of the box. <laughs> <laughs> Makes it sound like it's a more way more about the labyrinth than it actually is. Uh, yeah, that's kind of like a lot of Game of Toro stuff. <laughs> it's like being honest. Yeah, for it being the title, especially there's not a ton of labyrinthing in this movie. Well, the original title, and if you look at the end credits, mm. it still has the original yeah. title on it. Is uh the labyrinth of the fawn? Yeah. Uh, which they just changed it to Pan's Labyrinth for American audiences because they just thought that sounded better. But like, who's Pan? Is that the fawn? Uh, that's like tip. That's like a well-known fawn that is like known for <laughs> sexuality and like stuff like that. Guillermo del Toro actually famously doesn't like the name Pan's Labyrinth for it. I did. Like, I was confused the whole time. Like, mm. why is this the bread labyrinth thing? What the hell? <laughs> Uh, yeah, because he didn't like the association of like the sexual creature with it being about a child, so he was not a fan of the name yeah. change for America. Also, I would say his fawns are definitely a different uh, like origin than yeah those yeah, <laughs> but very creepy looking, very very cool creature. As always, General Dottore's creature design is fucking top notch. Dude knows what he's doing when it comes to that stuff. But um, E, I want to get right. your opinion on this first because you had no expectations coming into this none uh what well, i had one and it wasn't met there's no david bowie, but... <laughs> no david bowie. um what did you think of this movie uh it's it's neat it's kind of this interesting like pseudo historical fiction dark fantasy it like it's vague about what war it's talking about but maybe not maybe my just spain history is not good it is a very specific war in spain all right there yeah. you go yeah <laughs> But like like a weird uh, historical fiction kind of take on it with all the fantasy do do hickey happening uh, <laughs> has doodads knobs yeah um I love the creature design in this uh, as you were saying uh especially one that I wasn't aware that it was from this movie <laughs> but is like such an iconic creature design in like the zeitgeist yeah which is kind of funny because they don't do a whole lot. But uh, <laughs> that's actually that's pretty common in horror movies. Yeah, the scene you're talking about is also in all of the trailers for this movie, and it's made out uh, to be like it's a much bigger thing, and it's uh, it's not. It's like ten minutes. Not maybe, not even that maybe. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, isn't he? I it's I I'm gonna have the complaint. I say a lot. I feel like this movie's kind of long. It's a little long. Like uh, I like I was I was kind of surprised when you said it was only almost two hours. This movie felt like it was three hours long. Really? Yeah. Huh. Not inherently in a bad way, somewhat in a bad way, but, like, (laughs) I didn't dislike watching this movie. I think it's neat. I think this is a movie where, like, over time, I'll have more positive, like, feelings about once I start forgetting about the stuff I didn't really care about. Right. Which I assume is probably pretty common for most people. Yeah, maybe. I'm I'm interested in the stuff that you didn't care about, and I am interested to figure that part out. We'll get into that. Um... Okay, Liz, what did you think of this with your expectations being that this was going to scare uh, the pants off you? <laughs> um, I expected more monsters in it, actually, um, and there are not that many. There's three. Well, let's see, there's giant frog. It's- oh, I forgot about the frog. Hand eyes, fawn, berries. So four. Four? I feel like There's fairies counts as like two. 
There's like a metamorphosis no. thing. No? Oh, okay, Liz says no. Okay. Well. <laughs> <laughs> it's Okay, so yeah, it's for, I forgot about the frog, actually. Because I mean, it happened so fast. It, it also kind of just is a frog. It's not like a, like, morphed frog or anything. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of just a weird frog. <laughs> it's just really big. Yeah. Uh, but I forgot about the frog. And so, yeah, that's mine. My take on it is I thought there was going to be more monsters because uh, Guillermo del Toro does really love monsters. Um, but if this was super, I don't know if it was low budget or not, but it I know it's outside of the realm that he is in now yeah. with money. <laughs> so, I mean, that's probably why, because I imagine the creatures who Daddy did have were not the ones that moved anyway were not very <laughs> cheap. Uh, the frog, very forgettable, um, doesn't do much, and it's like a giant balloon, basically. Mm-hmm. So yeah, even deflates. Yeah, um, that scene was really gross, though. Like I didn't like it. Yeah, I was looking at your face during that, and you just. Yeah. <laughs> it's really interesting that it's like there in a lot of ways because none of the other, none of the rest of the movie is like even really near that. No, it's weird. It's a weird thing. It's a weird frog. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I can see how it could feel really long, though, because it has two very different stories in it mm-hmm. that are trying to mesh. And you kind of you spend a lot of the labyrinth part of it in the beginning. And then in the middle ish, you're kind of stuck in the human world. And then you go back to the. Well, it's kind of a mix, but you're going to go back to the labyrinth world of it. So I can see how it seems really long. Um, but it wasn't scary. No. Um, at all. I would, <laughs> no. I would kind of hesitate to call this a horror movie. It's mostly metals in that genre. Yeah. I mean, I just feel like it's just a dark fantasy. I would agree, actually. But most people would call it horror. Most of his everything is placed under horror. Yeah. I mean, he. <laughs> I mean, he loves horror. I I imagine that is his that is his take on the whole thing and with everything that he does but he just writes things in a certain way that's and he said this before every monster he makes they're all love stories um and so I think it is horror that is his genre but the way he writes things <laughs> kind of takes it out of there I guess um I don't know. I mean, but I mean, I guess if you saw The Barbarian, then that's also a love story within a monster movie. So. <laughs> that's a different love story. It's disgusting. It's a love story. Did you not like The Barbarian? List? It's so bad. It's amazing. That movie's amazing. <laughs> so, I should have known. So uh, D, who's on this podcast every now and then as well, took his uh, wife, now wife now to uh, see that. And it's it's also that his wife very much did not like that, it sounds like. Uh, the Barbarian is a movie that I absolutely loved, and I want to buy it the second I'm allowed to. Um, like four years. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's also not a movie that I just recommend to anybody lightly. It's a lot. It's like a, it's a it's a lot of movie. It's a. <laughs> it is a lot. But I fell in love with Skarsgård, so yeah, you know I got that out of it. <laughs> um, but. But yeah, love story, less monsters, not scary. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think that that 
tends to be for a lot of his like lower budget stuff um or a lot of his like mexican based stuff and everything like that <laughs> honestly like uh, not even like a, a joke like, but like his mexican based movies well because he also did uh hellboy and then blade 2 around this time so very different films mm-hmm. um they tend to tread in the horror genre for about the first 20 minutes and then very quickly fade into what the actual story is of like the dark fantasy stuff. Um, not that I don't like that. Although I too was very disappointed with um, some of his films because of that. Cause I'm like, is Guillermo del Toro is like great horror kind of thing. Right. But then like the horror is an introduction. Honestly, I don't think I've even seen any horror stuff from him. Really? I don't think you really have, I guess whatever that like, Double bloody feature was he one of the people? Double bloody feature, where it was like the the race car stunt man driver who no murdered. That, no that, that was not, not him. That, that was he was not him. involved with that at all. Uh, and snake people, Vamp- snake vampires, people? snakes. People. Also not him at all. Okay, yeah, but so, <laughs> hilariously enough, the two people who were involved in those or the two people involved in both those projects. Oh, okay, so just, I just not mix, him at all. Well, as always, I just mix people up. Yeah, uh, Quentin Tarantino and. The other guy whose name I can never remember. He did El Mariachi. John. I can't, uh, Robert Rodriguez. There you go. That's I got you there. Yeah, you got me. <laughs> um, also, Pan's Labyrinth was uh, had a budget of $19 million, which apparently, um, from what I was reading, he got $19 million off of Luck and a Prayer. The studio that he was working with was like, "We'll give you forty million if you make it in English." And he's like, "Go fuck yourselves." <laughs> yeah, we actually we haven't brought I that like up that. yet. Um, <laughs> this movie's in Spanish. Yeah, it is. There's no other options. Yeah, this is Pan's Labyrinth. Is Guillermo del Toro's? What I think he would say is his magnum opus. He had been working on the story and idea of this since 1993, ish. He said, um, and he almost lost all of his notes because he just makes rigorous, rigorous notes about everything he's working on at the time. Um, and he almost lost them in the back of a taxi cab. Mm. And luckily, like the taxi driver was like, "Hey, here's your shit, man." Uh, like imagine if the taxi driver just like kept those and then went to Hollywood with this idea for the Fawn's Labyrinth. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, uh, apparently the taxi driver was really really cool and really went out of his way to get the stuff back to Guillermo del Toro, uh, at his own expense. So, mm. but uh, he he had been working on this project for a long long time. He took no pay at all and he took no points on the back end of the movie so he has actually made no money from this movie like at all nice i feel like he's done that like three times yeah he just really likes making stuff (laughs) i mean we i feel like we need more uh director writers like that yeah obviously not like not (laughs) not the not taking pay part but like the more like enjoying it to make the movie part yeah, absolutely. Because like no one, no one makes movies like Del Toro makes movies. It's, it's very true. He has a very different style from most people, um, and a lot of that comes from like him being very persistent about bringing his background into everything and and his love of who he is and his culture. Yeah. Um. But yeah, this was like his big thing. So he took no money. He always had the idea of it has to be in Spanish and it has to be this very specific thing. And so he took half the budget. He, he went out of his way to make this movie exactly what he wanted it to be. He even has the uh, costume of the fawn in a giant glass case in his house. 
Oh my god, that would be terrifying. Oh, Guillermo That'd be Del scarier Toro's house than is... the movie. <laughs> Guillermo del Toro's house is fucking terrifying. He should make a horror movie from his house then. Jeez. He has collected there... so many props from horror movies. Is there a Cribs episode? Actually, there might be something pretty similar to that online. We should look that up. What? I want to know. No, that just sounds so cool. Like, yo, MTV, here's my crib. And it's just these horrifying <laughs> costumes everywhere. It's like, here's where I keep the fawn. Uh, here's the knife from Jason 3. Uh, I think he actually has some stuff from Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> uh, he just uses those to garden, though. That's yeah, yeah. not actually part of the garden. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I really do like this movie a lot. I think it's a beautiful dark fantasy tale, like most of his things. Like Liz was saying, it really is a story about just like love. Not a love story necessarily, I don't think, but a story about like just pure love from the child character, I would say. Um, Like a familial kind of love, not like a romantic. Yeah, yeah, that's a better way to put it. Platonic. Yeah, yeah. Um,. Yeah, I like this movie a whole, whole lot. Very, very good. Um, Definitely watch it if you're into dark fantasy stuff. If you, I would say, closer points to her, like Alice in Wonderland, things like that. Um, His previous thing, Devil's Backbone, is extremely similar. So if you've seen that, it's kind of the same tone that you're getting out of it. Um, A lot of that same kind of stuff. So definitely check it out. On to some more details about the film, some stuff that we want to talk about and some stuff that irked us possibly. E, I am interested. What are the parts of this movie that you did not like? Um, I get saying did not like might be a little stronger than really. It's just some parts that I'm like, all right about. And it's a lot of just like the dry dialogue. A lot of it kind of meshes together in my head. Rather than like, not to say that the dialogue's boring or anything, but there's a lot where I feel like they're kind of talking about the same thing, just in a different scene, in some sense. Like, it's more just there's so much of them talking about a very specific thing that I think a lot of that's going to get lost in my head over the time. There is a very dry escalation, is what I would say. Mm -hmm. Um, like things are more important and bigger happening and and the stakes are getting higher and higher, but it's all handled the same tone. So like even though the stakes are getting higher, it always feels like the same stakes because really it's through the eyes of a child that we're seeing most of it. Um at least that's how I feel about it anyway. I think that's kind of implied like there's it's one of those things where it's kind of vague about what is and isn't actually happening. A lot of times. It is very big on that. <laughs> uh, to the point where you could argue whether it is or isn't at the end in either way. Yeah. Like, I think it is definitely to the benefit, and I'm I'm sure Del Toro intended it to be vague on a lot of the parts yes. that it is. Yeah. Um, I guess we should say what the bones of this story are. Uh, a daughter and her mother who the mother is pregnant, uh, with a captain of this horrible regime. Real regime, I can't remember the name of it because... Spain. Uh, he, uh, he's Spanish, yes. <laughs> um, does Liz remember? No. Oh. <laughs> he's not the Reds. He's not the Reds. <laughs> That's all I remember. Um, and her mother has married this awful captain out of 
loneliness and necessity, possibly, um, wound up getting pregnant, and she's been having a very, very difficult pregnancy. They end up being taken out to this countryside area, this almost farm area, and once they're there, the captain is obviously very, very cruel. Uh, it doesn't even try and say he's ever even a nice guy. It's just he's immediately a, a cruel bastard. And while they're there, our protagonist runs across this miraculous place, uh, Pan's Labyrinth. The Labyrinth, rather. The yeah. Labyrinth of the Fawn. Again, I don't think anyone ever says Pan as no. like a name in this th- entire thing. I don't think so either. <laughs> um, so the Labyrinth of the Fawn. And the Fawn is creepy and cool. And just like walks and looks very weird. <laughs> um, it's like strangely practical, uh, the fawn costume. I assume the legs aren't. Right. So, well, kind of actually. So everything on the fawn is on the fawn. What they did have to digitally remove was the legs of the actual actor. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Because the way that like the contraption was set up is like it would work. The entire costume just like worked with everything. But the legs were in front of the fawn's legs, uh, so they had to digitally remove the real human legs. Mm. I mean, it's the thing they say a lot where uh, digital effects is best, like, use is, isn't to really add things, it's often to just remove things. Yeah. And yeah. that often makes a more realistic version of things than any adding could do. Yeah. Um, Guillermo del Toro, for as much CGI as he does use in all of his stuff. Uh, he is a huge fan. Obviously, he's a horror fan, so like I think that's, that comes to the territory of mm-hmm. practical effects. Uh, so he tries to do as much of that as he possibly can, but with nineteen million dollars, yeah, practical's expensive. He couldn't, he, couldn't, <laughs> he couldn't capture real fairies to use. He tried. Uh, he went into the woods. He got a jar out, and they just ran very quickly. Um, they so don't yeah, run, fly. <laughs> Those ones ran. <laughs> um. While in the lab and talking to the fawn, he winds up giving her tasks. Yeah. Uh, And we don't really know what the tasks are going to complete, except for opening a new world. Well, he says it's to open the portal, and, you know, you're given the spiel about the princess who visited the the earth earthly realm yeah. above and lost all her memories and also died <laughs> and also will be reincarnated later. And also will then find the way back to the labyrinth and also then will regain her memories. And then <laughs> it's kind of complicated. Yeah, it is kind of complicated, actually. Uh, all in the mix of like this very down to earth war that's going on. Yeah. Um, this movie is half a war movie. The movie is half a war movie, uh, which I guess I'm assuming that's a half that you. I mean, you somewhat like. It's weird to say. I do kind of like really appreciate just how awful the dictator on this one is because then it just really makes you fucking hate his guts and want him to die. He's the fucking worst. And like, there's like human enough characters. It's kind of like a Cinderella story in a lot of ways, too. Yeah. So, like, you know, the, uh, the head maid, I don't, I don't really know what her <laughs> position would be. Um, the lady of the house, I. Think, or yeah, the head yeah. Of the house. her name was Mercedes. Yeah, 
Uh, Mercedes Benz was like a really like <laughs> no like she like helps guide uh, Ophelia a lot and kind of serves as a pseudo like fairy godmother to her mm-hmm. and you know like uh just kind of how her life has changed or the worst after this estranged marriage you get like a Cinderella story going through and it's like neat I think it works in a lot of ways and like it's so far separated from actually being like a war. <laughs> that it's not the it's kind of like it's just kind of isolated too much to like feel like a war movie to me in a lot of ways. I don't mm. think it was a like I don't think it was a war. I think it was a post war. So kind of like how uh the before the American Revolution started here there were uh like militias and then you had an army you had the British army trying to take out those militias. It was kind of like that post-war in Spain. So, like, this captain was trying to take out um, the militias or whatever it was, you know, the people fighting against the crown that was then that was then for Spain, um, fighting against them so that they kind of fall in line with what new Spain is from what I got from the dialogue. I so, think, yeah. I think that's why it's very isolated because I think they're searching for one specific militia. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of cornered cornered it into this little, into this battle. In a sense, in this, from what I got, he pretty much came to wherever this place is and took over the place. Um, and they kind of just didn't really have a choice of, you know, whether they live or die, you know. Yeah. Either help or don't help. So that's kind of what I got from it. Uh, also, it is in Falangest, Spain, in 1944, specifically. I think Devil's Backbone takes place in, like, 1917 or 1919. Did it say like what that. war? Is it just the Spanish War? Or, like, did it say anything about that? Whatever you were looking at? Uh, not that description I was reading. Okay. But I can probably find it. So that part, like, works because it's isolated in my head in a lot of ways, and... I think the characters carry it a lot for me, too. Like, Mercedes is a really interesting character. The Doctor's kind of neat and mysterious in a lot of ways. Even, like, characters that get almost no time to do anything are kind of neat. Like, the cleaning people have are kind of fun to watch kind of banter around, as well as some of the uh, people in the opposed... I guess not opposing, because we're technically on their side in the... Uh, militia force that was already there. A lot of them are fun characters for the most part. Um, I don't know. Like, it's hard to explain why it doesn't bore me like a most war movie. I shouldn't say bore. That's a little harsh. <laughs> but like, why it doesn't like captivate? Why this captivates me more than a lot of the war movies? But hmm. also, it does take place just during World War Two. Ah. Uh, but the specific militia that he is going against is a militia that had lost the Spanish Civil War. Um, and they had lost because they were backed by Nazis. Mm. Uh, or the people they were fighting against were backed by Nazis. Um, so that is specifically uh, who he's going after, is the people who lost the Spanish Civil War. which took place in 1937, I think I just read. Sounds about right. 1936 to 1939. So, yeah. 1937's in that range. Yeah. <laughs> Also, the other thing about the captain is that kind of tells him that he is a horrible person. 
is that you gain from the dialogue that he pretty much killed her husband. Yeah. And took what he had. Um, so I don't even think the kid is his, to be quite honest, from the dialogue at the table. Um, I think it's the actual dad's, or actual, Ophelia's actual dad's uh, kid, and he's kind of taking it for his own. Maybe I thought it said that Ophelia's actual dad died like a year and a half ago, though. I don't, I think that's kind of what they made it seem like, but then the guy at the table was like, oh, well, I heard that he had, was kept in the war, and when he died, he broke the watch so that his son knows what time he died. So, like, this was kind of his last fight. So the watch thing was for the captain's dad. It was for the captain's dad? Yeah, yeah, that's why the captain always had the watch. Yeah, he has some daddy issues that he's been working through. I thought that was the dad's watch. That's why the ladies were like, it's just so curious that you met him right after kind of thing. Oh. Yeah, that's what the ladies were like. So curious. And that's why he got mad and took his hand away from the I think that from the girl and was like, were, don't tell silly stories. Yeah, I think they were more saying that to um the mother than to the captain because she was like, Oh, it was so crazy because uh, we met when he was making the thing and then we met again. And is, isn't that so curious? Hmm. I have to go back and watch again. Uh, the watch Not was so his, but... was the captain's father, though, which is why he also was going to later down was like trying to have that story also passed on. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I got out of it. Maybe yeah. we'll have to rewatch it. I know. Uh, Not on DVD, though. <laughs> it's got a better format. VHS. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it looked like a fucking VHS. Um, I, don't know, I thought the 480p looked pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> so fuzzy. Um, the CG was impeccable. Great. <laughs> 480p stretched across a 70 inch screen is not great. <laughs> yeah, we should have busted out the CRT really to watch this one. I think yeah. that's the way that D- Del Toro intended it. I think you're right, actually. Um,. <laughs> But yeah, so she ends up having to go through tests. The first test is to give the frog <laughs> kidney stones. Yeah, just give him like a bunch of weird bugs, Ma- magic stones. Yeah, yeah. Um, eats them, exp- explodes a fly he trap out of his like mouth. Like his stomach, and then deflates. Yeah, it's just like a cool effect. But <laughs> it's a very weird scene. Uh, apparently, originally that was supposed to take place in like a giant dome area, but then it made the frog look small, so he <laughs> made it in a tunnel. <laughs> uh, this is one of the things, like, it's neat, but also I'm like, it feels so out of place in this movie. It does, like, actually. I feel like you could just have the key be in some, like, actually, have the key be in the actual labyrinth somewhere. Yeah, like, that'd be great. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it just feels so weird yeah. in this. So that's her first test. Yeah. I don't know. I don't feel like the labyrinth is like, I know it's the title, so it feels like maybe that's why it's supposed to be it, but like, it's not like something she needs to solve. Like, nobody has to solve it. It's not even really like maze-like for her to get into it. Yeah, it's arguably not a labyrinth. It's arguably just a straight line. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty simple. Well, a labyrinth is something that changes, right? Yeah. So. Or you imagine it changes. Yeah, so it 
for her, it makes sense to be a straight shot because she's the one that needs to get through. And it changes when the guy she's trying to hide. But like, I don't know. I'm just contradicting that because it doesn't like the labyrinth part of it is not like the biggest thing because Pan's labyrinth or the Fawn's labyrinth is like that was the portal. She was supposed to find it. He created it. And she was just supposed to find him. Yeah, like, it has fa- nothing to do. The fairy just brings her to it too. Like, yeah, there's not even there's barely any scenes of her actually like physically do in the labyrinth. Yeah, that's why I say like I know it's in the title, but it's not that big of a deal. No, <laughs> that's what I'm. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, like, no, you, you, you're super, you're totally right. <laughs> yeah. Whereas in the labyrinth, that she spends all her whole time in the thing, but it's no like. She's a dumbass. So <laughs> you actually need to like combine those two movies together. Like every time she goes into the labyrinth, just watch the labyrinth with David David Bowie in it. <laughs> and then as soon as something else happens, you cut back to this one. It's a dark fantasy. It's a lot of musical numbers. It's weird. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. Arguably, labyrinth is also dark fantasy though. So yeah. Um. Yeah. Her second test is to go into chalk zone. The skin man? I don't even know what he's called. That was like Dormitrius. He is so creepy. He is. It's a creepy character. That one is, that is like, I understand super why people really like that design. It is a really cool design. It's so fucking cool. And like, it's one of those where it's like, I've never seen anything like it and I never saw anything like it again. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Eyeballs in its hands, it puts them up to his face. It's fucking saggy, wrinkly. It's like haunting. It's oh, it's so good. It's such a good creature design. Uh, her test to in there is to there's an hourglass. She flips it over and she has to get in there, um, get the key, and leave without eating anything or touching anything. Like get that's the, the test. dagger. The dagger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're right. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, here's this is a part that was confusing to me. Is like the the fairies were like, "Yo, put the gold key in the gold lock," mm-hmm. and she's about to. She's like. Actually, I think it's this one. And yeah. I'm really confused why she like decided it wasn't that one. Well, it didn't fit. Did it not? She tried to put it in and she's like it's not this one. It's and just to the other one. Kind of weird cuz like part of the instructions from the fawn was like, "Hey, just trust the fairies. They know what they're doing." Yeah, but the fawn's also kind of a little dick. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> it feels weird. <laughs> The fawn's kind of sketchy. <laughs> also, she immediately fails after that. She's like, "I'm going to eat two grapes." Yeah, she's like, "Yeah, but what if I eat a grape?" And, and so she does, just like crunch. Um, which some stuff that I was reading about with it goes into like how he designed her character to be, of the reason why like eating the grape is actually passing the test, because it's like her innocently rebelling, like it does no harm, but you're also like going against the wills of those. But it above does you. harm. Well, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> A little bit. That's those. That's the words from Guillermo del Toro himself. Listen, I love the man. I think he just made a weird decision on this part. Yeah. I think it's just like, this test too, with how the rest of the movie goes, is weird. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's just like, uh, well, she failed, I guess. Also, she has to chalk on her way into it for some reason. <laughs> I kind of like that. It fits with the fantasy. Yeah. It's weird that it's chalk. Maybe because it's like the white, like it's so like standing out with all the kind of muddy colors of the world, and like it makes you think about childhood innocence as well. Maybe 
I don't know about in 44, but <laughs> none of the food on the table looked appetizing to me in the slightest. They had like green ham, which I know there's a whole book about why it's okay to eat green ham, but like it's just none of the food looked appetizing. I would have passed that test with flying colors because it all looked bad. And I would be like, ew. <laughs> what if it smelled great? You'd never know. I, w- I literally would never know. So I know. I would eat. I I would s- easily pass this test. Give me the test, Mister Fawn, dude. <laughs> I got you. And then I fail apparently because you're actually supposed to fail the test to pass the test. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, she barely gets out by chalk zoning her way out. Also, she lets two fairies get killed. What I mean, what's she gonna do? Um, it's almost like eating the grapes is like a lesson. Whereas everything she's done thus far has no consequences to her. And then this one did. And she kind of had to learn that. It almost had to learn that it's also not just a fairy tale. Yeah, I guess it's. Yeah, that's definitely fair when thinking of it in that way. Um, But yeah, then the phone's like, you fucked up. Give me my shit back. (laughs) Yeah, which is funny. (laughs) (laughs) And she's like, no, please. And he's like, no, you fucked up. This is not how this works. You don't get the fuck up and come back. (laughs) Definitely not. That definitely won't happen. (laughs) Also, she has to put like a turnip or something. Mandrake. A mandrake under the bed in some fresh milk. With Yeah, um, that was a little before. That's to like cure her mother with two drops of her own blood. Yeah. I guess it doesn't have to be her blood. It's two drops of blood. Yeah. I think she puts three in, though. No, so, like, I watched. The second one doesn't come out. Oh, okay. So, like, she has to, like, really try it. And I don't know if that's, like... I feel like that wasn't intended. I feel like maybe she just actually couldn't get it to drop and had to, like... <laughs> yeah, I think so, maybe. Um, yeah. And then her third test... Um, is get the baby. Get the baby. Um, But in the human world, what's happening... There's just a whole rebel thing going on. Uh, it's kind of a lot, actually. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the captain is, like, going after a bunch of people. He does, you know, what dictator captain people do. Kills two rabbit hunters. Just to prove he can, I think. Um, kind of. Just to be like, yeah, this guy is a fucking asshole. Yeah, super brutally. Like, super, super brutally. Every Actually, every death in this movie is super brutal, I would say. The first one arguably is one of the most brutal, though, because he just beats a man with a wine bottle. Yeah, and smashes his face in. Is That is the one visual. And then visual. shoots him. Yeah, that's the one visual I do remember from the movie from when I watched it way back in the day. Because um, he's really old. <laughs> way back in the day, 2006. <laughs> I probably was 2006, actually. He's so old. I do joke, but that is almost 20 years old now. Yeah, you so. were a baby. <laughs> Um, I was watching Ed and Eddie, okay? That's what I was doing at that time. Um, so yeah, fighting against all the rebels, he ends up locking all of the food away from this little village area and the farmlands well, those around. those are his it. rations. I think the government gives him those. Yeah, but, like, he's not giving enough to anybody either. He like, was told one ticket. Yeah, one ticket, but then, like, he could he could give more, but he's a jerk. <laughs> um. So yeah, all of that's locked away, and all the while, the mom's pregnancy, um, Ophelia's mom's pregnancy is just yeah. going worse and worse and Blood worse. everywhere. Blood everywhere. Literally, blood everywhere. I, I thought that was going to be a miscarriage for a bit, but... Yeah, yeah. I also don't know enough about pregnancy. Sex ed was not a very good class for me. 
didn't have sex ed, just had the abstinence, abstinence which was hilarious. Uh, I had a great time. I got kicked out. <laughs> it definitely worked real well for my parents. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> I didn't live through the Bush era. <laughs> he is trying to kill all of the rebels, just hunting them down the entire time. Yeah, he's like, I just want to stomp them out. Yeah. Let the fire die. Uh, yeah, literally. Uh, and so he keeps doing that, and the the baby is born, but Ophelia's mom doesn't make it. No. And that's when we start following Mercedes way more, actually, I would say. This is kind of the main character for a bit. Yeah. To be fair, Ophelia fucked up. Like, what are we going to do? Just watch her cry in her bed because she fucked up? We, I mean, we kind of do. We kind of do, but we get. <laughs> but Mercedes does, though. She's like, hey, yo, Doc, this is my brother. Yeah, what so <laughs> we learn that Mercedes and the doctor who has been around in the whole movie are also just part of the rebellion, the resistance. I mean, that was applied pretty early in the movie. It was. Uh, get to see him almost cut a cake leg off. I didn't. Well, you didn't. You looked away. Liz <laughs> <laughs> was right, though. It looked like cake. and It was just that full of pus, huh? You don't even see any it of that come out. It literally just looked like you were cutting frosting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it might, he might have actually just had a bunch of fondant on like a bunch of clothes, honestly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, that's all going on. Eventually it all goes wrong. A bunch of the rebels, not all of them, but a bunch of them are caught and killed. Yeah. And then they're like, the guy's like, we found one that can talk. And it was like, dang, that's fucking wild. And then the guy's like, fuck you. And he's like, dang, we found a, one that stutters. Oh, yeah. Which, like, uh, really just shows how fucked up the captain is in most, for the most part. Because the captain is like, hey, if you could count to three, yeah, you can go. Yeah, and he can't because he has a stutter. Uh, ends up beating him to death, gets a bunch of information out of him. Well, he doesn't beat him to death. Well, not to death. Nearly to death. Uh, man, something that, like, looks so, like, awful and, like, it's almost hard to look at is... Uh, for the torture, he, like, smashed between two of the guy's fingers, and there's just this gaping, like, wound there. It was brutal. Yeah. Luckily, you don't see that on screen, but... No, no. Um, the doc's like, hey, you... The guy's like, hey, can you kill me? The doc's like, I got you, man. (laughs) Actually, yes. And gives him, like, a bunch of morphine, I guess? Like an old morphine overdose, it looks like? Death. (laughs) Death juice. I remember what they called... It back in the day. Cocaine. What they used to give, like, women when they had babies. Night. Nightshade? Nitroglycerin? No. Night-night juice? (laughs) Basically. (laughs) NyQuil? But what was, like, essentially heroin Uh um, was probably something along those lines, Hmm. I would assume. There was a lot of addiction back then. There wasn't. (laughs) um so yeah ends up killing him and the captain's like hey like you could have not done that and like gotten away with it but you like did that so i'm gonna kill you so he kills him yeah that's like uh you got morals i don't or (laughs) the other way (laughs) (laughs) Um, bitch (laughs) oh god you shot me yeah uh more time goes forward uh doesn't trust Mercedes at all, tests her, ends up taking her and tries to kill her, but the, she always has a knife on her because it's like a thing that it keeps showing. Yeah, she's like, you know, dude, I only got away with this because you're uh, fucking sexist and assumed I couldn't do anything. Yeah. 
He's like, you're right. Anyways, I'm going to kill you. And she's like, nah, knife. Stab, you stab. Stab, and then a super brutal scene just cuts his cheek open, Joker style. Uh, Really gross. Like it a lot. Um, Gets away, goes and finds all of her rebel friends. They save her. Rebels attack the place. The captain is just not having it. It's not his day. It's not his day. He tries to sew his uh, cheek shut. Doesn't really go well. Millie downs liquor. Yeah, well, I mean, I get it because it's gonna like hurt, but also it's gonna help because it's liquor. Mm-hmm. So, I what do? Yeah. yeah, it's gonna. St- I mean, first off, it's gonna sterilize the wound, so that's great. Secondly, after a few shots, you're not gonna feel it anymore. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like that makes more sense if he did that for. Well, okay, you should not do two shots of liquor and then try to sew your wound. But yeah, I think he did it in the way you got to do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, and then uh. The fawn's like, yo, get the, grab that baby. And uh, Ophelia's like, All right, what if, and he's like, you're not allowed to ask a single question anymore. Sorry. You broke, you broke the rules. Yeah, this is, I'm, I'm fucking sticking my neck out just getting you to steal this baby. I'm going to be real. <laughs> <laughs> like the idea of the fawn as a middle manager. <laughs> uh, it kind of is. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and then uh, Ophelia also steals uh, knockout juice. I don't even really know what it is. You, you take two drops to soothe b- pregnancy issues. It's just to make you go to sleep. All right. She, she, all I- she steals NyQuil and uh, <laughs> puts it's, that in the liquor. But like the doctor early on says very specifically, like, only two drops, nothing more. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she like puts the whole fucking thing. In the dude's alcohol, the one whole alcohol. one whole pipette, and he takes a bunch of shots, so he's fucked up now at this point. He's not even feeling his face or his back wounds, <laughs> uh, and he's and and uh, Ophelia gets the baby and runs away, and he runs after her. She goes into the labyrinth. The labyrinth almost protects her, and then doesn't. <laughs> I I think it just closed off one opening, but like it can only do so much. Like you can't close off everything, or else that's cheating. So, yeah, like, you had to leave one exit. You're at right. Least. The labyrinth and the labyrinth has rules. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, <laughs> uh, but yeah, the fawn's like, "Hey, yo, give me that baby," and she's like, "You have a knife." He's like, yeah, "It's just a little. It's just needs a little baby blood, just a little bit. It's <laughs> a little bit of baby blood." He's like, "I'm not okay with that." And he's like, "You gonna forsake your throne for this little fucking baby?" <laughs> and she's like, "Yeah, I'm not cool with baby dying. That's not. That's not cool." Yeah. And then the captain, he's like, okay, fine. Fuck you. Fawn goes away. Captain comes in, takes baby, shoots Ophelia. Ophelia dies. There is something interesting about the scene is before the fawn, like, actually goes away, as he's talking to Ophelia, the captain walks in, and there's this shot where he's looking at Ophelia, and there's just no fawn. Yeah. So, like, it's, like, interesting things like that where it's, like, is this actually happening, or is this kind of Ophelia's, like mind in a lot of escape yeah yeah it's never like fully explained of course i mean you could look at it in a whole bunch of ways yeah uh you could look at it like a child's innocence reverse the movie (laughs) or like he's just an adult or maybe the fun's it maybe it's it yeah i think if you ask me i think it answered it i think it answered your question um and i say that because you have all of the adults that say oh i also 
had like all of these fairy tales and Mercedes, I think was the one that said, Oh, um, I also like knew a fawn, but you have to be careful with them or whatever it is. And the fawn has always been searching for Ophelia for, for the princess Mm -hmm. and said that we put in all of these basically doors or portals or whatever. And this is the last one. So like, this is pretty much like their last hope. Maybe this is their last kid that they're going to try it on or, Whatever it may be. And then that's why, like, only the kids can see it. Because, like, kids are with fantasy, but also whenever they're going towards somebody to try to get them to see if they're the princess or not, if they are not, essentially, they probably just forget everything that happened to them. Fair enough. Makes sense to me. Oh, yeah, uh, Captain shoots Ophelia, walks out with the baby, and is just surrounded by all of the rebels. And he gives the baby to Mercedes, like, hey, uh, when the baby's older, tell him I knew the exact time. And she's like, no. Yeah. <laughs> and I, like, this is generally an amazing scene. Yeah. Where she's like, no, that's stupid. I'm not going <laughs> to fucking do that. No, that's fucking dumb as shit. That's <laughs> just like, why would I even? He's not gonna know about you. Why would I do that? Yeah. <laughs> why would I literally tell him like, hey, you know, your your father was a, a terrible man. He died nine fifteen. He not nine fifteen p.m. on the dot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but like then they they just shoot him through the cheek. It's fucking brutal. It's I hate when movies do that because it's like such a gruesome like. It's like realistic too because it's like there's just a hole in your face now. But like, oh, it's gruesome. Yeah, and then, like, does this thing where, like, his one of his eyes just starts, like, flowing backwards? And it's probably realistic. I don't fucking know, but... Mm, yeah. I've never seen a gunshot through the cheek. Yeah, so that happens. Ophelia's blood goes into the well that the baby's blood was going into, and it turns out her blood is also innocent, Uh, at least I, in... I don't in know if it's even that. It was just like, hey, you did it right, because you chose to use your blood instead. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, "Well, you did it. You're the princess." And I was like, "Yeah, woo!" And then it just cuts to Ophelia just smiling as she's dying. Mm-hmm. And then she's dead. Apparently, according to Guillermo del Toro, again here, uh, the whole point of it is that a martyr will be known forever after they die, and a dictator will only be known until they die. Is his is the whole point of the movie for him? Uh, I appreciate the thought. Yes. <laughs> I don't know if I think that's true, but I appreciate the thought. Nobody even remembers Hitler. <laughs> uh, but yeah. It's just kind of, and then it's like, oh, and like, if you know where to look for it, her spirit lives on to the places she was. Yeah. And it just a has a flower on the tree where the frog was. There's also a lot of fawn imagery. I don't know if you saw that. Like Probably. the head post. Uh, the bed po- bed post, <laughs> the, the, the head board of the bed post. There we go. Uh, is shaped like the fawn tree, shaped mm. like a fawn. There's a fawn outside of the labyrinth. There's a, There's lot a of fawn, fawn in the labyrinth. There's a lot of fawn things going on. There's a fawn on. in the rock where she puts the eye back in. There's a fawn on a log in a hole. <laughs> anyway, there's a fawn with Ron in <laughs> on the lawn. Um. So yeah, that's Pan's labyrinth. Mm-hmm. Um, Liz, let's go with you on this one. For your final thoughts here, uh, things uh, if you want to bring up you loved or didn't love or whatever in it, uh, and then a rating <laughs> from one to ten. Um, I love the 480p. <laughs> it looked great. I think we should make more 480p movies. Honestly, 
He hates me. I mean, technically, they're all <laughs> they're all 480p. If you just no, buy them on DVD, like in theaters, put them put them in 480p on the theater screen. I think Disney will get there soon. Yeah, they're really ugh. It looks bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but I liked it more than I thought. I mean, it wasn't scary. I don't do scary, so that's why I didn't want to watch it for so long. And the eye thing is just so creepy, which is the main thing people bring out of it. So I guess mm-hmm. that is also why I was thinking it was scary. Um, I'm sure Jirai's told me this movie's in Spanish like a million times. <laughs> and I just did not remember. And he was like, let's watch it in Spanish. And I'm like, okay, let's watch it in Spanish because it's fine with me. And he's like, no, like we can only watch it in Spanish. And I'm like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Liz was, was the one in Spanish? Who yeah, Liz was the one who didn't need to read subtitles this time. I yeah. didn't, but I like another reason why I really hate subtitles is because they take my attention. So like even when I don't have to read things, I like end up looking down and I'm like, ugh, this so, and it's so really annoying to me. It's just but, funny because like I kind of need subtitles when I watch stuff a lot of times. I I like, can take them or leave them. I had a, I mean, like I needed them on when I watched all of Breaking Bad. Really? Yeah. When you train your brain to be dependent on that, I mean, yeah. So. Yeah. I actually have a question. Um, does does your brain get confused when like you're hearing Spanish and reading English? Yeah. I I honestly think it's the reason why I'm dyslexic is because oh. I <laughs> like I Spanish was my first language and then I learned English in school and then I learned I learned how to read in Spanish first and then I learned how to read in English second mm-hmm. and it's all flipped backwards and so I think my brain was trained to flip things or anything that's what made me dyslexic <laughs> makes it really hard but yeah um i i like the movie i wish there were more monsters because i as much as i don't like horror like his monsters are really beautiful i mean he has a best tv kids tv show on i don't know what network it is um but guillermo del toro is like big on that he loves creating the monsters that he does for that little show so which, which show is this uh troll hunters yeah <laughs> oh yeah. he does that <laughs> yeah so um and it's like award-winning too it's one yeah. awards and stuff it's pretty big it was based off of a movie wasn't it yeah and then he was like i'm gonna make a cg animated show for children and just introduce them to monsters i like that apparently the show left more lasting impact than the whole movie did yeah movie's pretty cool though anyway yeah so, um, I wish I had more of those, but I guess if he did an ulta or he had an ultimatum and he took what he wanted to do, I think that's really cool. Um, and what really loves it. he's a very honest person whenever he does like speak out about things, and I really like that about him. Um I like the movie overall with everything. I kinda wish they could have showed like the human stuff, like with the rebels and the captain after the mom died could have shortened that up a bit um but besides that i liked it overall i've also seen the labyrinth i picked this one over that one (laughs) but i really am an 80s hater that's all 80s so i'm such a hater won't even watch stranger things i won't i mean i'm sure i will i'm married to jariah eventually we got to pan's labyrinth here we are you know it took him 20 years but he got there (laughs) jariah uh finds a way (laughs) yeah and the thing is is like on the on the thing on the box like it's the scary monster yeah 
So yeah, like, this- what makes me want to watch that with the scary really, monsters like, on the front? I I think a lot of people would be disappointed if they picked this up, like seeing the box art in like the quote from Stephen the King quote, and then yeah. watching it is like a down to earth story about war and also dark fantasy. Yeah, and no horror. Yeah, slight horror. Slight horror. A scene of horror. <laughs> <laughs> but. Yeah, I'm going to tell my coworker at the store that she's okay to watch it. She also doesn't like scary, so she has to watch it either. I'm going to tell her that it is A-OK to watch. Passes the list test. Yes, it passes the test of scary. It's like the litmus test. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I liked it overall. He still stands as a great director, writer, person, creator, and... On the scale of 1 to 10, on what I rate this movie, I don't really know what a 10 is on my scale. I don't really know what a 0 is well, on my scale. Oh, don't go to zero. Oh, yeah. We one. have Sorry. before. I'm medically trained, and so like, it starts at 0. <laughs> <laughs> so this is like a medical scale for Liz. So like, take, take it into account with How that. much is your enjoyment from big green smiley face yeah, to red no, I really, face? I need... I need a scale. I need you to create me a scale with the movies I hate and like go to like is Lion King ten? Like probably is my no, I feel movie like Crazy ever. Rich Asians would be ten. Oh my god, I love that movie. See, it's like so, so like that's the ten is like but Crazy I Rich love Asians. Lion King. Well those could both be at ten. There's not like a legal limit to how no, many tens you can limit. have. <laughs> at four tens. <laughs> I need this on the wall for when I come in. That would actually like, be kind of fun. Look at the wall. <laughs> like, where does it land on your s- movie scale here? <laughs> um. So overall, I think um I would probably give it an eight. I wanted more monsters that weren't that scary. Um, but yeah, that was mine overall. So that's a movie. That's a fair rating, I would say. Yeah. Um, before we get to E's uh, thoughts on this, one thing I do want to say is this was one of Guillermo del Toro's turning, uh, turning points for he would never trust a Hollywood studio to do or a third party to do the subtitles for any of oh, his he movies. he doesn't like them, huh? He fucking hates them. Um, they fucked up Devil's Backbone a lot with the subtitles and it made him pissed. And so from this movie going forward, he does all of the translating. Because he's also bilingual. Good on him. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I, you know, the more I learn about Del Toro, I, he might just be one of my favorite directors. Yeah. Just so he, he like takes no shit. Is unabashedly Mexican and a weeb in a good way. <laughs> like he, he like takes the best of everything. I think if you say Mexican, you automatically assume weeb. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> there's a there's a surprising overlap yeah. of those. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I just thought that was really interesting. Yeah. Uh, e, Hello. what are your thoughts here? Liz actually kind of summed up a lot of my thoughts no. too. I also like would like more monsters and it's it's fair. Some of that farts should get trimmed down. I I I think more for me, I would have replaced the frog with like a labyrinth monster and had an actual labyrinth part in the labyrinth movie. <laughs> you know, just 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 spitballing here, crazy ideas. I know having the title be more of a part. 
A lot of fawn in it, though. There is a lot of fawn, but the English title has no fawn in it. <laughs> and that actually does bug me, because I saw at the end, it was clearly said the labyrinth of the fawn. Yeah. I was like, what? <laughs> like, yeah. It's just as weird. And, you know, there's no bread. There's not much bread in it, either. The labyrinth doesn't have any bread. So, like, I don't know why it's pawn. There's a whole scene explaining bread, actually, and handing bread out. So, there you go. That is true. It's not in the labyrinth, though. It's not. It's not the labyrinth, bread. Aren't we all like in the labyrinth? No, that's not a labyrinth for theory. They're in them or out them. Exactly. But it's not about <laughs> being in the labyrinth. It's just the Fawn's <laughs> labyrinth. That's where he lives. It's probably his house. He probably let is. you in his home. <laughs> I know. I just think his house should be more important. Like it should be like MTV Cribs. He's like, yo, yo, yo. It's the Fawn here, and here is my wall. Here's where uh, I keep a statue of the baby. <laughs> uh, the floor's kind of damp. You just kind of walk around it. Uh, these are my fairies. All right, that's been my crib. <laughs> Here's my fairies. Um, man, I had three of them. I could have sworn. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like I, I think this. The biggest thing is this movie is like really interesting. Like that. That is a huge thing because like it's one thing to like have the plots that they're going and do all that. But, like, Deltor did still make an, like, really captivating movie. Like, there's a reason people remember the designs of this. And, like, I joke about the other Labyrinth, but, like, more people probably talk about this one than the David Bowie one as a whole, I would say. Probably. Uh, apparently my brother loves this movie and has watched it all the time and I was unaware. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That surprises me nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not surprised that he loves this movie. Just like, I don't remember him watching it. I'm just kind of surprised that was, I mean, I was in my room all the time growing up anyways, but <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. So here's another fun thing. Oh, your rating. We didn't. Yeah. It was, uh, I'm going to steal from Liz again. Uh, I also would give this an eight. I oh think. my gosh. Yeah. I was like thinking while you like took 20 minutes to use the bathroom, I was like, hmm, what's the... <laughs> What's the rate? I was like, I feel like an eight's pretty fair for this. Like, this got parts I like, parts I don't like. Okay, okay. Um, one thing that this movie famously has, there's this whole competition at the Cannes Film Festival of like, who has the most standing ovation? Like, it's a it's a dumb, ridiculous thing. Uh, but it's just people standing and cheering and clapping. You know what an ovation is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Pan's Labyrinth has the longest standing ovation at Cannes ever. Seven. Twenty two minutes long. <laughs> People just stood there for 22 minutes clapping and cheering, which I think is just awkward. But like the director and actors right there at a point, like what is that <laughs> at a point? Like you're just doing it to do it at, at after like two minutes. You're just doing it to do it. Like that's not even to the thing. I think after two minutes, you just don't want to be the last one. Yeah. <laughs> like the, that's more like a war of attrition yeah. than like an actual award. It's an award of attrition. <laughs> Oh, but man. yeah, uh, Pan's Labyrinth holds the record. They should for put longest. that on the fucking box. That they has should. the longest standing ovation in history. Twenty-two fucking minutes. Probably man. not in history, but at Cannes at least. Uh, so yeah, whenever Cannes Film Festival is happening and all the people are like, "Oh, the thing," and it's like had a blah 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 standing ovation. It's like, well, it wasn't Pan's Labyrinth, but it did have fourteen minute long standing ovation. Like that. It's a weird. I want to know the shortest standing ovation. Was there like a one second standing ovation of a guy like? about to stand up to do it and realize no one else was so he immediately sat back down like where's what what's the like shortest uh i imagine there's a lot of clunkers actually <laughs> uh the, the articles written about those ones dang um but yeah i 
I, for myself, I also really do love this movie quite a bit. I'm going to agree on this one. It's a little too long. I do think it's a little too long. Some stuff could be cut down. I think it repeats a lot of the same ideas in scenes a lot, which really nails the idea of what this captain is to you, but I think he succeeds in that with very little, actually. I feel like the, like, ten minutes into this movie, you already know. Yeah. Like, this guy's the fucking worst. (laughs) Beat a man with a wine bottle, shot him dead, shot his father dead, and was wrong. And then ate his fucking rabbits. (laughs) And then ate his two rabbits, (laughs) leaving his family to starve and wondering where their father and brother are. Yeah, just horrible human being. Uh, So yeah, I think some of that's just a little too long in the tooth there. I think after the mom dies, Liz is right. It's That could be cut down a lot. That Mm -hmm. just goes on for too long. But it is a good movie. It is executed extremely well. All of the design is extremely good. Um... Even just from, because 19 million for a movie like this is actually fucking nothing for what he accomplished here. Uh, It's an impressive movie all around. I think even the child actor who plays Ophelia did an incredible job. Like, I I don't think I ever questioned a performance in this movie. Uh, Like, I never... I don't know, that baby, I feel like it was doing a little too much crying. Like, I feel like it was a little unrealistic. (laughs) I don't know if you notice. You don't ever really see the baby. (laughs) (laughs) It is super obviously a doll a lot of times. Uh, But yeah, like, I think that's when I start to, like, if I start thinking about, like, this is a movie too much, I start, like, in my head giving it a lower ranking, like, I don't know, there's something weird about it. Like, I never questioned whether or not this was, like, a movie or, like, a story kind of, like, thing. It's very, I don't know, it's a weird This is an art piece. This is a piece of art. Yes. Um, I really do love it. But, I think you're both right. This isn't hate. There we go. We all agree with Liz. Yeah, Liz is right. Liz they're is gonna right. be mad and take my ideas. <laughs> and they're gonna say it was all them. Yeah, it's gonna we, be old. Next thing. week, we dry like, yeah, you know that like everyone. Uh, we coined the term eight out of ten movie for life for fans. <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually, just editing Liz out entirely. So <laughs> <laughs> it's just gonna be a conversation of. Um, but yeah i'm glad we could finally get to this one it's not as horror-y as i'd like Uh, i was completely fine with the lack of horror in this movie but it was also a scramble to get us here so (laughs) this was a very last minute decision that worked out really well yes uh so thank you everybody out there for listening hopefully you're enjoying the podcast this spooky season we did all the all the classic spooky stuff: scary godmother, psycho, Pan's Labyrinth. Like we hit the we hit the big big we, ones. We like, got where all we of go? them. Like, yeah, where do you go from here? Really? I think this is when you retire. <laughs> have you seen Donnie Darko? No, that would have been a way better choice. I was thinking about that what? halfway this through the movie. Great. I was like, oh, we bought, we just bought Donnie Darko. Yeah, that all I know good. about that movie is that, that would have been rabbit. my out. That would have been your out. <laughs> My streak of not watching Pan's Labyrinth would have kept going. Oh. I mean, it's fine now. Yeah, it's a good movie. But <laughs> Well, what if I want to keep a streak of not watching Donnie Darko? Don't you don't have a streak. <laughs> I, I do have a streak. I haven't seen it. <laughs> but not like actively. I actively have always avoided this movie. It's true. It's been a struggle to get here. <laughs> it's been a real fight. Yeah, we had a... We just stapled her to the couch there to watch it. There are some it. things I refuse. Liz is a very stern human being who 
makes the decision and she sticks to it, dang it. <laughs> until your husband needs you and then he watch it. Yeah, until I'm like, please. <laughs> <laughs> we need to have the episode for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm <really> for it. <laughs> That's how Jariah talks when he's not on D abandoned yep. us. <laughs> yeah, D, if you're listening, Way how go, dare D. you? <laughs> how dare you? How dare you? This is the only what this is what the trailer's gonna be. <laughs> you said you said you'd be here and you're not. <laughs> you know how hype I was? I was going to be the host, everyone. Okay? It's true. I was thinking about my intro all day. And then Jariah comes home and he's like, D fucked it all up. He just fucked it up. <laughs> he fucked it all up. He fucked us all. <laughs> <laughs> and all my hopes and dreams fell. Maybe not. Drain. Well, you can't cut that out. That was amazing. <laughs> That's for the trailer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But yeah. But, yeah. I don't know. Maybe next. There's four Fridays, Thursdays, whenever this comes out <laughs> in a there's month. Thursdays at 7.45 a.m. Eastern Mountain Standard Time. We have one more free week. We'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. We have one thing we have to get done in October. Donnie Darko, apparently. <laughs> apparently. <laughs> no, no, there's a different thing. But thank you, everybody, for listening. E, Yo. if people want to get a hold of us, where can they do that? We got a link tree, L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash L-O-I-P, which gives you a link to all the places you can listen to us. You're probably on one of them. Yeah. Uh, all the places you can uh, follow us, Twitter, Instagram, sort of Facebook now, I guess. We, re- we revived the Facebook, apparently. Facebook just gets when we're going live on Twitch. <laughs> uh. And yeah, and you can watch us on Twitch every Wednesday and Saturday. Uh, both are now roughly at 8 p.m., I guess. I don't know. Yeah, about around the same time, yeah. Yeah. Um, Wednesday, Dry should be playing Visage. I'm really hoping, man. <laughs> the person who's supposed to be in might have also bailed, so I don't, I don't know. <laughs> He's going to be he like... it all up! <laughs> hey, one was on Jariah, for sure. Well, partially. I'll take partial blame. What yes. do you mean partially? You told him the wrong day. Yeah, well, he should have been cool with that. <laughs> he was. He was ready for the wrong day. <laughs> He's very ready. Uh, but um, And uh, on Saturdays, I'm still playing Last of Us. Uh, hopefully I'll be at winter by the time this episode comes up. I've been told that's the big part, winter. It's, it's my favorite season. It better not let me down. You will not be at winter by the time this episode comes out. Ah, <laughs> God damn it. You told me I was so close to winter. You told me I was almost there. I might be shocked if you're at winter by the time this month is out. Ah! <laughs> All right. Um, tune into that. I find three new bugs every time I stream that game. So Yeah, and, so, and I find three new ways to break the stream every time we stream that game. So it's going great. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there's all that. And of course, YouTube has the archive of all of our episodes. Uh, if I have time, maybe some of them will have fixed audio. <laughs> maybe. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, anyway, thank you guys for listening. If you watch our Twitch, thank you for watching. If you check out the archive, thank you for watching the archive. Liz. Hey. Get us out of this episode. We're leaving now. We'll talk to you later. Bye. 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 <laughs>